Hello, and welcome to another issue of the First Issue Club podcast, the weekly podcast where we try to help aid you through the muddy and murky waters of the comic book landscape. We're so glad that you're here. I know you have a busy schedule and you got a lot of better things to do than listen to us talk about comic books, but we're so glad you decided that we're worthy of your time and we'll try to make sure we don't waste it. Budget King, what are we not wasting our time with today? Greg, we are certainly not wasting our time today because we have a beautiful batch of books today. We have The Punisher, number one, out on Marvel. We got Beast of Burden, number one, out on Dark Horse Comics. And we got ourselves West Coast Avengers, also out on Marvel. Yep, two big two books this week. Kind of cray. It is kind of cray, but totally worth it. And you know what? We wouldn't do this to you because we know your time is valuable and we do not want to steal precious seconds away from you that you could be used to walk closer to death, which is <laughs> happening to us all. That's true, actually. Yeah, we don't want to be in your, your way of your march to death. Right. Don't want to be in that parade, but guess what? We're in that parade. Yeah. Every single one of We're us. We're the pit stop on the side. Yeah. <laughs> Sit down. Have a cup of coffee. Death can wait. Or pit- can it? It cannot. <laughs> pit stop to death was another name we were going to call our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe like a cool like death metal deodorant. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, let's quit wasting your time and get on with this. Uh, let's find out who's in the club today. And with West Coast Avengers, we had an idea to figure out what uh, the Midwest doesn't have an Avengers? There's no, there's no one protecting the middle of the map. So we got to make it. We got to make it up right now. So if you were in the newly uh, christened No Coast Avengers, or were we calling it Midwest Avengers? Both are good. TBD. Interchangeable. Yeah. TBD. <laughs> Once we get our um, Fudge Mansion. Uh... <laughs> yeah, we're adding a new wing to it, so it's kind of crazy around here with all the construction happening, but. Uh, TBD to the new uh, middle of the map uh, protectors. The TBD Avengers. <laughs> That'd be a super funny book. Yeah. Anyway, what would your name be, and how would you help in this new newly formed group? This is Budget King, and I would audition to be the superhero that uh, I don't mean this to be offensive, but I'm very good at spotting people who are missing, like appendages. Um, <laughs> oh, so pointing out, pointing out the obvious? Uh, from far away, I can tell if you lack an arm or a leg or an eye. <laughs> How far away are we talking? Roughly like 500 feet. <laughs> How is that a useful skill? So, um, I help other people avoid um, circumstances where they might say things like, oh man, I wish you could give me a hand. Ah. And so I'm like, oh, just... Just so you know, guy, guy to your left coming up. <laughs> 500 feet to your 12 o'clock, no hand. Yeah. <laughs> well, we have your, applica- uh, your, your application here, and we'll review it, and uh, we'll get I back wear, to I you. I wear a leotard. Um, this is Greg Lichtai, <laughs> and my name would be The Slice, and I would be able to um, cut anything with a single slash, like with my hand. Like, I don't have a weapon. I can just go, and, like, anything will, will cut in half, like piece of metal, a table, a leaf, a fruit. A pizza. Anything. Anything. That's and I think you got it because not only, my here's, here's my costume. <laughs> I am a giant piece of pizza. <laughs> uh, I have a very helpful ability, but not a lot of people want to hire me because of my ridiculous outfit. My name is Caitlin, and I would be the custodian, and I would... <laughs> 
Wait, so wait, are you giving up being a superhero? Or like, I'm, I'm just going to clean the place. Like, I don't want to be a superhero. No, um, because I, what I do in real life is have custody of children for a short amount of time. Mm-hmm. And I find them homes. Yes. And a lot of these superheroes are orphans or they get kicked out. They don't have places to go. A lot of family I issues. I would kind of be like, you know, like the the per, the X-Men house that they had going on. Mm-hmm. Something like that. But for the Midwest Right. The no-coast kids who need a place to hone their powers. All righty. And with that out of the way, let's get this podcast started. Now, we have The Punisher from Marvel by Rosenberg and Karonsky. This is the Punisher that you have grown to know and love and maybe uh, hate a little bit. He's the anti-hero. He doesn't give two toots if you like him or not. He sees injustice and he takes care of it in his own special brand of way, which is hyperviolence, which we all love and enjoy. So this stems from the Secret Empire storyline that happened a while back where Captain America was, like, evil or whatever. The Punisher got tricked by that evil Captain America to do his, like, evil bidding or whatever. Then he finally realized that he was being tricked, and he got War Machine's armor. And, like, he had this, like, mech suit, and, like, he was just mowing down people left and right. And he loved it. Like, he had, like, this immense firepower. Wait, um, he loved something that made him be even more deadly and give him more firepower? Mm. Hmm. <laughs> I don't think that seems like Frank someone that Castle. should be called a hero. <laughs> but he doesn't have the suit of armor or the the suit anymore. And so now like he's like a junkie that can't get his fix. Like he he had all that firepower at his disposal and now he's just now he just has regular guns. Oh no! <laughs> uh, so here we we're following uh, and a shit ton of semi bombs. Yeah. Oh god. So, all right. So this this book is absolute insanity. You get a heist on a boat, leading into uh, political espionage between the Mandarin and Baron Zemo, and the the number one thing you're looking for in a Punisher uh, comic book, you get just fucking carnage tons of violence tons of violence you get semis exploding people getting ran over these new futuristic weapons that just like hydra has that like melts people and like the punisher has all of these at his disposal and he he uses them without hesitation and drives a fucking tank drives a out of i don't know where he gets this tank but doesn't matter tank through a wall there's more bullets shot in this comic than any comic i've read in a long time yeah there's a there's a semi explosion about the first quarter of this book. Absolute mayhem everywhere. Right. Flaming wreckage. This comic book made me remember how much I used to love Punisher as a kid. Right. And just that, like, unabashed killing. Yes. And it sets it up, like, so... We say this a lot, and I think we like comics that do this. Case in point, uh, the new Ninja Turtles run that's coming out in IDW. But um, it... It has some love for the 90s era of comics that are just very, very fun and nostalgic yeah. and violent. I feel like I'm coming in as a... I don't know how to phrase this. I'm coming in as a, a woman. This is what we need you here for. And I'm being like, this is the same thing I've seen so many times. Yes. the, the <laughs> This is pure unadulterated Punisher, which I do understand. I read the primer 
And I was just like, yeah, yeah, it's the same thing. Mm -hmm. It is the same thing. His mission has changed, but has it really? Because all it is is just to kill everybody. And I was thinking like, okay, well, now we've got Tony Stark, and he's kind of got some weapons of his. Is there going to be a weird team-up? I think I like Punisher more when he's put sort of in a love-hate relationship Mm -hmm. with someone else where they're going to butt heads, but maybe they'll work together. Because I see more of a point than just, it's just the same. And I don't know, I like I hate coming in being like, I am a girl and I don't like just all the violence. Because that's not really my problem with it. But it's like, it's just the same. It lacks depth. Yeah. But like I didn't, I didn't know who um, uh, Mandarin was. And I just didn't know if that suffered for it being a number one. Or if that suffered for me just not knowing a general world. Um, he's a loosely... Hierarchy popular uh villain in like Iron Man. So it it uh it's funny you mentioned the uh, the Mandarin because there is um an assassination at the end of this book. The Mandarin has the ability to like build force fields force fields or whatever with like his rings that he has. He's shot at and if it was a regular bullet it it would have been fine. He could have deflected it. But it was this special kind of I don't know sonic bullet that was able to cut through the Mandarin's force fields and it actually it killed him. The Mandarin's dead now. And it was pretty crazy, too, because he had all the confidence in the world that he would yeah. be able to stop it. Yes. He even, like, does a little dialogue of, like, why he could try to stop it, but it's not going to work. Yeah. Yeah. And Tony Stark's like, don't, what are you doing? Just get out of the way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so my question is, so th- at the end of the book, you're led to believe that the Punisher shot the Mandarin. Do we believe this is the case? No. I say no. What do you say? Yeah, I mean, it, that would be too obvious. I actually, I will be honest, until this moment, I assumed he did. I, I didn't, I, I thought more of the thing was like the Mandarin died mm-hmm. and not like, he's bad. So it's like, who cares if Punisher kills him? True. I mean, isn't the Punisher bad too? <laughs> kind of, if we yeah. If we really break it down, like, yeah, I really wish they'd kind of like, and that, the, getting into the Punisher is a real slippery slope. Because it is glorification of guns and violence. And, like, we have a major problem with that in America. People who think that they can solve solve their own problems with guns. I did get... With a right to carry I got, stuff. like, a real, like, eerie kind of creepy feeling of, like, the hotel um, murder Shooter. Vegas mm-hmm. thing, mm-hmm. like, kind of reference. And I was like, mm-hmm. ooh, this is borderline tone deaf. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think the Punisher as a character is tone deaf. Like, because... You can't solve problems with guns. And this hero, that's what he's based off of. Oh, yeah. That's his only skill. That, to me, presents so much of an opportunity to use this guy to play out what exactly what happens in a way that, you know, maybe it glorifies it to a point, but ultimately you could use that as, like, a, a character to make that point. I don't know if it, I don't know if he does all the time. Yeah. I would love to see the Punisher have an existential crisis about his methods. And then you'd just be Captain America. <laughs> yeah, he'd be less than Captain America. I don't know. <laughs> if you take the guns away from the Punisher, I mean, he's just, you know, Frank, who works at a factory. Uh, th- this is a total bro book. I don't really have much confidence that they're going to explore <laughs> much of. You know, the one confidence I do have is that this author has wrote, uh, We Can Never Go Home and For kids walk into a bank yes and many many other great books um yeah and so uh knows how to write uh, a young crime 
action novel in a way that's like super entertaining and really fun. Right, right. So I think that there's some tricks up this book sleeve that we're yeah gonna see. Yeah, I think the only silver lining is just like you said, like this author really has um, a way of uh, uh, turning stories on their heads and mm-hmm. making them more intriguing than just a shoot 'em up. Up next, we got Beasts of Burden by the, sorry, Beast of Burden by Dorkin and Dewey. Let <laughs> me be your Beast, beast of, of Burden. Burden. Okay, uh, yeah, Beast of Burden is out on Dark Horse, and um, it is a beautiful comic. You probably saw it in your comic book shop and thought, whoa, I love dogs, I love that artwork. This is, I think Greg described it as uh, Witchcraft Homeward Bound. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there are a bunch of dogs. that They start off by saving. There's one dog that is like a... What kind of dog would you call that? Scottish Terrier. Scottish Terrier. <laughs> Thank you. That is uh, saving uh, the forest through a fire salamander. And then you realize, whoa, this is a bunch of dogs that are fighting all of this like witchcraft forces in the world, such as goblins, weird occult stuff. Uh, general just like looking out for the world they're kind of the protectors of the entire like universe so they are the beast of burdens for uh this forest there's a place called burden hill so they are the beasts of burden i love it i love it because like it just dorkin that writes this right yeah loves dogs obviously i think yeah, I think he just loves animals and writing a fucking kick-ass story. He he puts out awesome, awesome stuff. I personally love the shit out of this book. I Beasts of Burden is um, a series that has been going on and off for a couple years, and I think the idea behind it is just so original. Of these uh, these the the secret society of dogs that take it upon themselves to. Uh, fight these hidden forces that humans or the world at large doesn't see. Like you said, goblins and occult things like fire salamanders and all that. And it's it's obviously difficult. You can't just have a dog carry a, like a sword. So, like So Evan did this thing where they have like these psychic abilities. Like they can shoot fire out of their eyes and like laser whips and uh, they can create shields and stuff, which I thought was a, a, a cool device to make them able to fight these uh, 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 adversaries in, in 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 their world. I honestly was reading this and was having a hard time following the dialogue because I was just looking at all of it. Mm-hmm. It's so it's such a beautiful like watercolor, just the vibe the the vivid colors, the way they even draw like the shadowing on the animals itself was just like I was having trouble. I think I read it. Uh, so I've been doing this with comics recently. I will read the whole book like I normally would, and then I just go back and try to tell the story for myself visually because I don't think often I give enough credence to the illustrations. Same, yeah. That, I don't do that process, but I, I've been thinking recently, like I think I'm missing stuff by just going text bubble to text bubble. Yeah. I so, That's, that's really smart. I just started doing it, and I think I like doing that because in this one particularly, not only was I more distracted by the art itself, which was – a good sign to me that I should be paying attention to how beautiful it was, but the second time around, it really was just a treat. So this has been around since 2010. Um, So this is a new arc in this story, and 
one brilliant thing about this story is that it doesn't make you know all of the other things right. about it. So you could easily just jump in now and totally follow along. I think that to date, one of my favorite panels ever exists in this book. Tell me about it. It is a panel where the lurkers are coming after... What kind of dog is it? The one that finds the chain? That's like a boxer uh, yeah. bulldog uh, mix. Yeah. So it's that one right there. Yeah. And he literally is just going, oh, hail. <laughs> As all these lurkers are coming around because he pulled out something that he shouldn't. He unplugged. Yeah. I did not see that like mythical creatures would be in this. It's one thing mm-hmm. that dogs mm-hmm. had like witchcraft, but then like for goblins to appear. I was like, man, this book has it all. It's It's wonderful. I honestly think this is my favorite. This week. Yeah, I think this might be my pick of the pick week. Pick of the week. Yeah, yeah, I think it's an early bird yeah. pick of the week. I also like the long game of trying to find humans who are setting traps. Like the it clearly set me on like um a very clear enemy or like a villain group of these humans setting traps for animals, for elementals. Like it's weird that the book like immediately was like, Here are these animals, you are on their side. <laughs> right. Very, very quickly. I don't think that's uncommon for people to get mad at people who would hurt an animal, maybe even a little bit more than they would get mad at somebody who would hurt another person. But um, it very it got to the it cut to the quick, pretty, totally pretty easily, and I'm invested. I don't want any more animals, even fictional, to be hurt. Beast it's of like Burden, Oliver and Company, but they're just Ooh, like meets charmed. magical. <laughs> oh, it's like um. That photo of the dogs playing pool came to life. (laughs) Yeah, and they're satanic. (laughs) And next up, we have the West Coast Avengers from Marvel. Words and art by Thompson, Caselli, and Farrell. This is a book primarily starring the two Hawkeyes, more uh, more centered around Kate, Kate Bishop, the female Hawkeye, and she is going to be building a team for the West Coast, as the title suggests, which is kind of weird because she makes a comment that like 40-some-odd superheroes are all in New York, and I never really thought about it until she said it, and then it made sense, like, yeah, maybe the other coast needs um, a little bit of protecting or like a home base, um, but... This book is fun. It's very tongue-in-cheek. It's uh, got a lot of uh, humor in it. And it, it that kind of starts when Kate begins auditions for the West Coast Avengers. And um, amidst uh, winners like Bread Boy and the Spider King, it's a little too sparse. So she finds herself with like people that she already knows and is friends with and is hanging out with. Um, by by and, the way, when we read that, both uh, Caitlin and I were laughing out loud. Just yeah, just <laughs> chuckling to yourself yeah. like a bunch of goons. Well, he's getting bread or butter. That's like his catchphrase. <laughs> and then you have Spider King, who's literally just like, I'm Spider King. She's like, are those spiders? No, thank you. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like covered in yeah. spiders. Yes. But so she ends up with Gwenpool, Kid Omega, uh, the man Hawkeye, America Chavez, and um, Fuse, which is a newer one, but it's also somebody that she's dating. Yes. Correct? Yes. Okay. And to boot, you have the most L.A. thing ever, which you, is Kid Omega's reality uh, TV film crew <laughs> that has put such a... I don't know that I've seen this before in a comic. Maybe it's existed, but it's just my first time seeing it, where you're... 
almost getting this documentary style introduction and narrative, which was kind of fun. They're constantly having to reworld real real world. Yeah. And like do a little confession. confession. <laughs> yeah. And like talk about what's happening. Yes. So brilliant. It's, yeah. It is. I like so many shows did it after The Office did it. And it was kind of like, oh, this is a cool way to tell stories. This can add a lot of humor. Right. You get reactions that you wouldn't normally see. You get fourth wall stuff that you wouldn't normally see. And this book really delivered on that part of it for me. I think you, yeah. to, I think to bookend this book too just it should be pointed out that Kelly Thompson wrote this book. She's written a lot of other uh, great books, including um, A-Force, I think. Isn't yeah, it? A-Force and uh, Hawkeye. Yeah. And uh, so she assembles the Avengers, and, and what do you know? It's three and three uh, gendered-wise. Three women, three, yeah. three men, which I think is great. And right. you have, a, and you have a, a two people of color. Yeah. It honestly feels like a bunch of college kids that just graduated college and now are moving in together. Yes. And, oh, yeah, totally. And, and then, then you've got Hawkeye. <laughs> and then Hawkeye's like, I kind of live here, but yeah. I don't live here. Yeah, like the RA. <laughs> and I love that, that uh, Kate Bishop and Fuse even have this moment where they're like, I guess we moved in together and didn't really think that was going to happen mm-hmm. so soon. Yeah. Like, um, just little moments like that are what make this like so great. Yeah, this book is just fucking fun. It, it has like, so much self-awareness, too. Mm-hmm. I, I just feel like the West Coast Avengers aren't as zany as Great Lake Avengers, who are just completely off the wall, but they're not as serious as, like, regular Avengers. They just handle West Coast problems, which is, like, they ran out of water for uh, pistachio farms. <laughs> but I think that has just as much to do with their own attitudes toward crime. Yes. Like, and, yes. and saving things, because... That's part of the self-awareness that I liked. Like, you've got, at one point, like, they're interviewing Kid Omega, and they ask him, like, why he's there or, like, what he might have done, like, so that no one would want him on a team. And he's like, this interview is over. <laughs> and, like, they just don't, they're really not the cream of the crop. No. I mean, maybe they've got some really strong skill sets, but that's not enough for them to really buy into the whole, like, saving the world type of thing. Right. I won't call them, like, the B team, Avengers no. B team, but they're just, like, it's like a starter team. Like, when you want to get your feet wet in uh, being a crime fighter, you probably go to the West Coast Avengers first. Or when you want to just, like, really be a part-time one. Or you're like, okay, fine, I've accepted that this is something that I have to do for the greater good. Yeah. But I still want to be about other things. Yeah, I still want to own a Jamba Juice. <laughs> <laughs> like, or this just is, like this is my I still want to lay around and like eat pizza or be a private eye. Yeah, which they do in this comic. Both mm-hmm. of those things. Yeah, mm-hmm. Hawkeye had a cheat day in this uh, <laughs> this comic book. Well, he, he got it did. in. He he worked out hard on that. Also, day. he was like at bars drinking when they found him too. So he I was, think he was ha- didn't he have a coffee? I think he was just getting a coffee. Oh, was it a coffee? Yeah. We see what we want to see. That's on keto. Yeah, he's on keto. Good call. <laughs> well, as of. As of today, none of these books have been optioned for TVs or movies. <laughs> so, so they're not who doing, knows? They're not doing it right. <laughs> yeah. If your book's not getting optioned for a TV show the moment you talk about it, not even <laughs> to print, then fucking quit comics. Exactly. Uh, Walk Through Hell recently just became a book. <laughs> yeah, God. I think just... I. God Country, too? It's in slow talks. God country. That's gonna is. be an expensive one to do. That may be a movie. Okay. <laughs> I don't think that could I don't think that would be a good TV show. God Country may be a movie. There we have it. All right. 
We did there it. it another another episode in the can. Um, I hope we didn't waste your time because your time is precious, and we do realize that we made these things short and sweet. We didn't doddle at all, or go off on tangents, or, or diddle. Or do we didn't diddle and or doddle or doodle or lollygag. There was no lollygag, and we kept it tight and to the point. Have not tarried. Have oh, not yeah. tarried. You may think me dragging this on long and long and long has no purpose or no point and maybe wasting your time a little bit, but you would be wrong. I hate saying you're wrong because I love your viewership, but hey, we all make mistakes. <laughs> so I'll make the rest of this short and sweet. Uh, this has been First Issue Club Podcast. Uh, we are recorded in KCUR Studios in Kansas City, Missouri. We are edited and produced by Matthew Hodap. Uh, Matthew, Matthew Hodap also has some other uh, podcasts you should check out over on Fountain City Frequency Family of Podcasts. Uh, we're on it. A lot of other people are too. You should check them out. Uh, our song is by Primary Colors Music. They are in Lawrence, Kansas. That is a city in Kansas that you can go to. Uh, Primary Colors may not be there at the time, but hey. You could still go to the city, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's cool yeah. stuff. They got uh, McDonald's. I think they do, yeah. And they have um, pizza, which you, you like. Yeah. I do enjoy pizza from mm-hmm. time to time. Yeah. You know, another thing you could do there is you could get out your phone. You could rate and review us. You could. Um, in, in Lawrence, Kansas, or your home of choosing, too. That's the beautiful thing about Lawrence is it's like your home in that way. <laughs> yeah, it has streets and homes. Yes. And plenty of places to rate and review. Right. Mm-hmm. If your town has a Wi-Fi, which I'm pretty sure it probably <laughs> does, get on that does Wi-Fi. Does not have Wi-Fi? Get on iTunes I Podcasts. Find us. Rate and review us. Five stars. Write something funny to us. We love reading these things. We want to read them more on the show. Mm-hmm. So do that, and uh, we'll pick a couple funny ones and read them out loud. You know you want to. Yep. We appreciate you. <laughs> yeah. I think, was that all that we got? I think that's it. Yeah. Oh, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, you know all that stuff. Um, We're on it. We're on it. We want you to be on there with us. Instagram has been hopping recently. Yeah, Mike's been like fucking crushing it with Instagram. Our our Twitter has been on a a slow and steady gain. So, um, you know, if you want to be impressed by social, I think uh, you just (laughs) come over here. Yeah, come on over and uh, we'll show you a thing or two. When's the last time you you thought to yourself, I'd like to be impressed by social? (laughs) Every day I wake up, I go, I, I open my phone to the social and I go, Impress me. Yes, <laughs> impress me. You have one minute to impress me, and it usually does. <laughs> Something on social impresses me. Well, that's it. Yeah, I think it's time to sign off so we can quit wasting these uh, people's times. I got a got an old quiz for you guys today. Um, I'm going to say three names, and you need to tell me what they have in common. <laughs> Vern, Troyer, uh, Avicii, and the Irish band The Cranberries. The Irish band, the Cranberries. Yes. The singer from the band. Uh, you know, have you discovered their commonality? <laughs> uh, I think I have. They all went to Blue Springs South Oh, <laughs> in Blue Springs, Missouri. Okay, yes. Is that right? Um, it's incorrect. They would be... they use the same um, laundry detergent. Is oh, that it? nope. Try again. It would be that they all have tombstones. Oh, the pizzas? Uh, oh, is it the pizza? Yes, <laughs> actually, yeah. They all, they all ordered tombstones in 2018. <laughs> oh, <no>. <laughs> Good for them. <laughs> yep. We should get in touch with them and see how that turned out. <laughs> <laughs> if only I could. <laughs> 
Oh, this is Griglick time. Once again, I will make a plea to go find our link to the uh, best local podcast for the pitch in Kansas City, Missouri. Uh, it takes literally two seconds because the link I gave you goes right to our little section that says <laughs> First Issue Club, and you just have to hit a vote button. You did that so well. I've had to go back and copy that. that oh, thank it, you. That, like hyperlink that you made. I wanted it to be so easy that you had no excuse not to go vote. <laughs> So Well, the more you do, the more we get people to come into our community and yeah. share the love oh of comic gosh. books that's that we have. Oh, my gosh. That's what we want. We just want to it's build really a community. Not, yeah, it's not even for our visibility. It's for the community that we have this reading club, that we have I found think. so much like enjoyment out of talking with you guys about and with people that the more we do this, the more it just spreads. Right. And that's what we're in it for. I think at this point, if it were just about us, we would have called it quits oh, already. For totally. sure. <laughs> we can do this and be way drunker way elsewhere. Right, yeah. So um but yeah, this is the sharing of this experience is, is what keeps us going. So totally. Yeah. Totally. And with cool. that, I'm Greg Lictive signing off. I'm Caitlin Morosik and I will show myself out. Bye. Oh.